Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I think sometimes people forget uh, what really makes an organization. And, you know, history is important and legacy of so many uh, people who've come before you. But the people, that's the most important thing. The people make an organization. People make a business. Um, and sometimes uh, that gets forgotten. You know, culture is built brick by brick, the foundation of it by the people. You know, not by the, not by the organization, not by the building, not by the, the corporation. It's built by the people. And I've been fortunate to play with a number of amazing, amazing people and got to work for some amazing people as well. And it's those people that build the foundation of those entities. And I think sometimes we forget that. That was a good answer by Aaron Rodgers with Kenny Mayne last night on SportsCenter. I don't know if it told us a whole lot. It gave us a little bit of a background. By the way, what kind of diet is Aaron Rodgers on? What was that again? Did you hear that? No, I didn't. Yeah, he said he did some cleanse. But I couldn't make the name out of the cleanse he was talking about. And so he did it for... I want to say he did it for like a week and a half or two weeks, but, I mean, you can noticeably tell he's lost weight. Yeah. I wonder, um, there's like a cayenne pepper cleanse or something like that. Hey, Coach, you've, really you've got the sound. Let's see if Austin, Austin knows all this stuff usually. Let's see if he can pick it up. I can see it. The derby, you know, I got a lot of comments about the hat I wore, um, not just from the people in my party, but, uh, you know, sports fans around there saw some great memes about it. I always appreciate that. Um, you know, from the time I did Jeopardy, to the time I went to the Derby, I lost like uh, 15 pounds. I did this hmm. amazing Ayurvedic cleanse, which I'm sure they won't air any of this anyway, so I'm just going to keep no talking. No free shout-outs. Uh, great Ayurvedic cleanse, uh, and it just changed uh, you know, changed my insides. My body feels, feels amazing. The uh, inflammation is totally out of my body. Uh, but the problem was I didn't quite fit in some of the suits I was wearing, so I kind of had some oversized suits on. And I was talking about the hair, uh, the the bad boy hair. I, no, 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 I was just talking about the whole thing. So I need to get kind of refitted. I'm a little slimmer, a little trimmer. Uh, so that's what did he say? Aerovetic. Yeah. Aerovetic. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I'm looking it up right now. Should I, I try? I don't it? know what it is. I'm 44. Should I try it? Uh Lost 15 pounds. I'm trying to see what what is it. Summary reduction. Um, I'd go for it, man. I'm trying to see like what what goes into it. Yeah, because he looks like he's got the build of like okay, Matthew McConaughey now. I mean, he looked like he doesn't look like a football player anymore. Like I, I thought he I thought he may have lost too much. Okay, so it's a bunch of words that I can't pronounce. That's what goes in. Like it's like a tea. It's like an herbal kind of tea thing. Okay. And, and that's all that you drink for, I guess it was a week, a week and a half that he was talking about. So it's a liquid. Um, yeah, yeah. Because the cleanses usually are, right? Yep. I'm not going to lie, it sounds super aggressive. Well, <laughs> I'll just it, it, it has to be aggressive. He lost yeah. 15 pounds. It, I wonder how long you have to do it for. I was Anyway, I was interested in that. Yeah, um, yeah. I, but to be fair, I've never heard of that one before. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, what are the other ones? Aren't there some, like, what is it all, like fruit juice? Not fruit juice, but like... Uh, Oh, here we go. Do they have the juice cleanse? Like, what are the juice cleanse? Like, where are you probably just, like, eating kale and... <laughs> no, no, yeah, exactly. In a blender, Yeah. You know? 
Um, so check this out. So I have the the whole write up right here. If you want to quick go over it. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So there's the prep. There's there's three phases, Brent. First, you have to go through the, the preparation phase. In that phase, you have to cut out all meats except eggs, mm. dairy, processed, packaged, manufactured foods, sugar, beans, caffeine, and alcohol. So all those oh. things get cut out. Kuz is just already, he's out. I was, I was out with Kuz when you in. said the coffee. I was good. You're like, oh, eggs? I'm set. So a sample. So you week have to one, have coffee out? Yeah. So a sample mm. week one menu could involve, like for breakfast, you have oatmeal with chopped apples and cinnamon. And for lunch and dinner, you can have vegetable soup or, and a salad topped with shredded beets and a small bowl of rice. That doesn't sound good, but whatever. Sounds, yeah, sounds like you'd be pretty hungry. I, yeah, I could do that. I, I love how they're trying to make it appeal like, ooh, and, and go ahead and top it off with a nice beet, wine, vinaigrette, salad, whatever. Uh, so phase two is the cleanse part. Um, and now that your gut has gotten the rest that it needs in order for the digestion part, uh, your daily menu consists of ghee. You know what ghee is? Ghee is just basically butter. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's like non-processed butter and kichari. Um, so you can eat bread and kachari, which I'm not sure what kachari is, but there you go. So basically you drink butter every morning, and then you get kachari, which once again, I'm not sure what that is. You drink butter every morning. No, seriously, I, yeah. And then phase three is the rejuvenation phase, and that's the phase where you go back to your normal habits. Um, oh, and it's, I like yeah. that. And uh, it's supposed to make you feel revitalized. To be fair. And, but, hey, if you drink butter no, but for people like do a that. week, yeah, you get like, hey, I feel like, I feel like <laughs> a new person. Well, I would say like a lot of people will put butter in their coffee. True. No, I mean, butter like. Do they really? Yeah, oh, that's a thing, yeah. Bull, they call it bulletproof coffee. Brent, come on. Get get younger, man. You I have had bulletproof? Coffee, I have eight coffees a, a day, and I don't have butter in any of them. Maybe yeah, you would only need one if you put butter in it. So... Cacciatore is actually, it's it's yellow split peas, grain brown rice, Greek yogurt, mm. and zucchini. Wow. So it's okay, like a so mixture. there's, yeah. Okay, I, I don't mind. By the way, all that food you mentioned, I don't mind. The coffee part is going to hurt. I'm already on, like, the no sugar thing for the most part. Yeah. Um, uh, which I tried Got, for a while. Th- 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 you're addicted to gummy bears, and you're, and you're off the sugar thing. Okay. That's yeah, true. Okay. I am addicted to gummy bears. Okay. <laughs> Go skills. on. Yeah. Uh, so what I want to know, though, one more thing on this, and we'll get back to sports in a moment, but this is important as I turn 44 today. Uh, the How long is the first and second stage? Because the normal get back the normal rejuvenation stage I like. <laughs> um, it doesn't necessarily say, honestly, it doesn't say how long each phase is. Really? Yeah. Well, you got to tell me that part before I'm in. Well, I, I, I don't know what you want me to tell you, man. I'm just telling you the phases. I'm not sure how long they last for. I can't imagine shopping for that diet, though. Like It's like I don't even know what part of the grocery store to go in. Butter and couscous or whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but but I guess uh, th- this is originated. It's like a, um, it's based off of an Indian fast. Okay. So, yeah. I've, always, I've thought about doing those before. A lot of people like them when you do them. Oh, I mean, there's a lot of players out there that will do like some sort of fast, whether it's like a juice cleanse or whether it's like a – like I said, there's like a, a cayenne pepper cleanse. But a lot of players swear by it because like in the off season we have some time to just kind of chill. A lot of guys will do that. I know Evan Britton was huge on doing that. Well, and on top of that, you know, this Aaron Rodgers stuff coming out with a cleanse on top of the fasting for 36 hours of Phil Mickelson, yeah. I would imagine it's inspiring some people to try it. For sure. Uh, so, who knows? Uh, you, hey, you should that, try it, Brent. 
Which one? That's, no, don't don't do the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. That's way too aggressive. You're not, you, don't, don't 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 drink butter. No. I know, um, but I could really walk everybody through that one for like on the show. <laughs> We're just gonna follow you through your process. But then what <laughs> happens when, when when that caffeine kick kicks in? You don't have it. Yeah, that's that's a headache waiting to happen. That's a, that's yeah. actually the only thing. Like you can just feel the way your body's gonna feel. I used to be like that with Diet Coke. Yeah. Like if I didn't have it for a while. And see, and then, like we're on the verge of football season, man. So we need you all systems go here. But but now's the time to do it, though. I mean, that's yeah. why you gotta do it now. And yeah. it, this is actually the best time to diet or fast, I think, in the summer because it's so hot that you really don't get that hungry. Like I don't get that hungry when it's hot. True. True. And you like feel that, like you're sweating it off anyway. Of that's a good point. You know, so I actually think it's a good time. The only bad thing in my life for this time period to do something like that is we're on the road a lot with travel ball. True. And so the hardest time to eat well is on the road. That's why I think you should do the 36-hour fast. Yeah, 30. I could, I think I could do that, actually. I think you could, too. You, I think you, you can still drink coffee. Now, I'm not sure that's the smartest idea, just to have a, a belly full of coffee and nothing else. <laughs> I mean, I don't need to, I'm not a scientist or anything, but I feel like that's not a good idea. But, um, yeah, I say you try that. Tomorrow on the show, Phil Mickelson takes us inside his diet. <laughs> uh, because what I'd like to know is 36-hour fast and then what? Does he eat whatever he wants or is he watching what he eats? Oh, I, I feel like I hope you eat, eat whatever you want then after that, right? Oh, really? I mean, I think so. Yeah. Well, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to fast for 36 hours and essentially just like feel miserable for that long and then say, hey, I'm going to help myself to just a salad? No, man. Go get your pizzas. Go get your burgers. Go get your beers. I Treat think I yourself. could do a 36-hour fast. I think you could, too. I think I could. I think it'd be uh, rough for you, but I think you can do it. Yeah, and he said he does that every week, right? That's, like, yeah. that's a weekly thing. For sure. Wow. Yeah. I could. Uh, maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll try it. Well, uh, make sure you <laughs> let us all know when you, when you start doing this so we, we, we can follow along with you. I got a question for should you try. Would you try, if you're the Atlanta Falcons or anybody else, to give up the capital they gave up to get Julio Jones back in the day? Would you do that again to get the production, the career of Julio Jones that they got for, what is it, about a decade? Yeah. Even though it didn't come with a ring. It went to an appearance in a 28-3 lead, but it didn't come with a ring. Would you say Atlanta still won that deal? Now, you got to be. I understand that if you look at what Cleveland drafted, it is crystal clear they didn't get much. Okay, But I'm talking about the draft capital. Yeah. And let's just say the Baltimore Ravens were the ones, and they picked, and they picked good yeah. <laughs> and and drafted well. Is that – was Julio Jones worth it yeah. to the Atlanta Falcons, even though they never won a ring with him? So I think he definitely was. Now, there was a lot that was given up. But if you go back the past decade and you look at how – and once again, this past decade, you know, you have Tom Brady – you have Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, you, you have, I think I'm trying to, cause I had this brought up and I, I lost it. But, like, Matt Ryan finished, I'm, I'm sorry, so you had Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Aaron Rodgers. Those were, like, the unequivocally top three quarterbacks in the league. Now, let me ask you a question, Brent. Ben Roethlisberger, is he a Hall of Famer? I think he will be, yes. What, what about Philip Rivers? I think he will be, yes. Okay. What I know he, there's debate, but I think what a, he will. What about Matt Ryan? I think the numbers at the end of the day, being the fact that Matty Ice is 35 years old, will say yes. Okay. So here's what I'm going with this. Since 2010, um, in every quarterback category, it's Drew Brees, Tom Brady, or Aaron Rodgers that leads it. Um, after them is Matt Ryan in every category, whether it's yeah. touchdowns, completion percentage, yards, things like that. 
So when you see the success that Matt Ryan's had the, the, the past decade and some change, and then you take that into account of, okay, so if he's having that much success, you know, the, the, if they've had various running games every once in a while, that means that in terms of team offense, they were probably at least top 10 every single year since the past decade, if not a, like a lot higher. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of that has to do with Julio Jones, obviously. So I think if you look into account of just what Julio Jones brought to that team, how he helped Matt Ryan, how he put Matt Ryan and Echelon when we were talking about him with numbers comparable in some stats to an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady or a Drew Brees, and he's, he's ahead of guys like Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, you know, and Russell Wilson. Keep in mind, Russell Wilson you know, got a later start. But all that being into account, yeah, I think it was worth it. Yeah, do me a favor while I say my two cents on this. Look up the record of the Falcons during the Julio regime, so over the last ten years. Just give me, like, the win-loss every year, if you don't mind, in a second. Okay, no um, So season-by-season season, uh, Falcons since whenever he got drafted. Uh, but here's what I would say. I tend to agree with you. I think a lot of people would be like, first of all, they were stunned when they did it. And if you could have all the first-round picks and the second-round picks and the, all the capital that they gave up, mm-hmm. I think even today, if I present you that for Jalen Waddle, if you're whoever, you would say, no, give me the picks. Right, yeah. and this is a different day and age because receiver. I feel like there's so many good ones, and so it's it was a little different back then when you can get a Julio Jones. And Julio Jones still stands out to be different, even though we've had a bunch of really good wide receivers. So I tend to agree with you on the fact. My two big points is Julio Jones first of all delivered. So beyond that, my two points are this: I think if you let's just say I have six draft picks, I think the chances are you can only hit on three of those anyway. It doesn't mean you're going to bat a thousand. Cleveland actually did much worse than that. So. I think it probably is really three picks versus six in the grand scheme, whether Atlanta was picking or Cleveland was picking or the Ravens are picking. You're not going to hit on all those picks. It just it doesn't add up to that. Mm -hmm. You can't just guarantee where I could guarantee a thousand yard receiving and 80 80 catches and 10 touchdowns from Julio Jones every single year. I think that was very much worth it. And my last part of it is this. I think it's important to have stars, man. I think it's really important in your organization to have stars that create identity, that are part of the city, part of the fabric of the organization, and Julio Jones was that. Year in, year out, they knew they had one of the top flight wide receivers in the game. It made one of the top flight quarterbacks in the game better, and therefore they had an identity. One of the big problems here in Jacksonville is the lack of stars. Sure, there's been some. Even in recent memory, there was Maurice Jones, Drew, but who else Mm -hmm. that really stood out? And then you do get stars like Calais Campbell and Jalen Ramsey and and others, and you can't keep them, especially on the Jalen Ramsey front. So now the Jags are back after stars. One of the big things about Trevor Lawrence is Trevor Lawrence will give them an identity and obviously the most important position. But I think that is worth so much to the Jags organization. And therefore, I think Julio Jones was worth so much to the Atlanta Falcons organization, the city, the community, the everything else, the feel of it. Uh, that I think that is important. And I don't know how many draft picks that's worth, but I think it's important to have players like that. So I would say Atlanta did the right thing. They did not win big. I don't know if they had kept the picks and picked certain players if they would have won. That we will never know. But I do think at the end of the day, I think that was a gutsy move and one that paid off, I think, in the long run for the Falcons, even though they did not ever uh, with a Lombardi Trophy with him. So if we're going off of the records now, because uh, Julio Jones drafted back in 2011. So 2011, the Falcons go 10-6. and six. 
2012, they go 13 and 3. 2013, they go 4 and 12. 14, they go 6 and 10. 15, they go 8 and 8. 16, they go 11 and 5. Followed by 10 and 6. 7 and 9. 7 and 9. Uh, and then last season was 4 and 12. Okay, well, that's interesting now that you break it down that way. But do you want to hear uh, a really crazy fact here? And then once again, this is a uh, profootballreference.com, which is usually pretty reliable. So he gets drafted in 2011. 2011, you know, they go 10 and 6. He wasn't the leading receiver. That that uh, title belongs to White. 2012, he wasn't the leading receiver. That was White again. 2013, he wasn't the leading receiver. That was Douglas. And then from 2014 to 2019, he was the leading receiver. Last year, obviously, he had some injuries. Wow, that's really interesting. Okay, so if you break that down, maybe we're wrong. (laughs) Because look... Because yeah. look at it now. Look, he's got four winning seasons and six losing seasons. He's a part of. I'm yeah. not blaming him. I'm just saying he is. Of three of those four winning seasons that you mentioned, he wasn't even the leading receiver yeah. on the team. Now, four of those seasons were double-digit win totals. Again, one trip to the to the Super Bowl, but six losing seasons out of the ten. Mm-hmm. I mean, was he that much of a difference maker? Would those five, six, however many picks, been more of a difference maker from a team totality standpoint? I think you could make the case. Again, I kind of side with the Julio side of this. I think there are some um, subconscious things involved here mm-hmm. that, that benefit the organization. But I tell you what, from a win-loss standpoint, a production standpoint, with the win totals and, and what it did for the, the franchise, I think you could argue against it as well. No, you definitely could. And if you really wanted to go by offensive ranking in terms of points or, or yards um, per year, uh, I'll be honest with you, it's 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 worse than I thought it was. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, there was one year back in 2016 where they were number one in points, number two in uh, in total offense in terms of their offense. But we're talking some years with Julio Jones, who's a leading receiver. Uh, they were 21st in the league in points. They were 15th in the league in points. They were 13th, 16th, 10th. So it's actually a little surprising that, you know, we talk about the Falcons, we talk about this high-powered offense and Julio Jones and Matt Ryan and, and all this stuff because, well, once again, their defense didn't do them a lot of favors either. But if you go to the numbers, they're, they, they lean a little away from Julio Jones, actually. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think it's fascinating because we had the Waddle conversation yesterday. Like, how much should the Jags have given up if they valued Waddle as much as they did? Hey, we have South Beach Gary on the line who's been hanging a while. Uh, let's get him in right now uh, here on ESPN 690. What's happening, man? Hey, guys. You know, I hear all this talk from the Jags uh, brass that, you know, they want this to be a first-class organization, you know, as far as uh, upgrades in the stadium. And the, they want the practice field, everything first top rate. But, uh, you know, I'm looking at the Dolphins are trying to Melvin Ingram. The Jags came off a 1-15 season. They should be bringing people in constantly. Nobody should be comfortable at, that they of their position as a, as a job on that team. When you're coming off 1-15, especially in a position that the Jags desperately, desperately need a pass rusher, Miami's 10-6. and six. They're constantly bringing in people left and right to try and improve their team. There's, especially the Jags with their cap room. I don't see any excuse why Melvin Ingram isn't in here at least being looked at by the Jags. 
Yeah, it's an interesting point, South Beach, Gary. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, I think you could argue two sides of that, Austin. I, I think with this team as young as it is and the amount of players that this regime already brought in in the last couple of months, they kind of got to see what they have, don't they? I mean, yeah. you got to see you've spent you had 23 draft picks over the last couple of years or 22. All these free agents that have jumped in and already some young core players. You kind of got to see what they can do. I get South Beach Gary's point, but I almost think when you're 10 and 6 and you're trying to get over the hump, that might be more the prime time to bring people in, try veterans out, see if one can stick. I think there's two different philosophies there, and I'm not sure the Jags one is a bad one. No, for sure. I mean, and realistically, too, if we're talking about a price tag on, on, on Ingram, I mean, he's going to be, I think, pretty highly priced. Now, I understand that the market for a pass rusher um, is down this time of year or this couple seasons, but like, I feel like Ingram's going to command at least 11 to $12 million a year. Is that crazy to say? Uh, that's a good call. I don't. I guess he could. I, I don't know. The market has been weird, and yeah. he's had some injury troubles, right? I mean, I, I um, would say at least ten. I, I would. I would hope, but maybe not. Maybe I'm. Maybe it's I'm more like an eight that. million dollar deal. But I get what yeah. you're saying. I mean, but, um, what do you, where are the ja- That's my point. Are the Jags there that that guy's going to make a difference in one or two games or a couple of big plays down the stretch? I don't see if the Jags are there to bring that in right now. I, I don't. I, I don't see – like, I'm not going to criticize him for not bringing in Melvin Ingram. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think this is the time for the revolving door. I think it's kind of the time to see what you got and then see what you need. No, for sure. Um, you know, if you find – and that's the, that's the problem, too. You have a guy like Caleb Andre, so like you're comfortable with Josh Allen. I understand that he underachieved last year, but you're confident with him going forward now if you're playing a 3-4 base defense. You like Josh Allen there. Caleb on Chason's the big question mark, obviously. We'll see what he can do. I, I feel like a lot of this decision has to see, okay, can Caleb on Chason be a starter going forward? I mean, he's put on some weight. He looks good. But, you know, you, you pass the eye test, but can you pass the on-the-field test as well? Time will tell. I just don't think that they're – yeah, I agree with you. It's just it's not feasible right now to bring Melvin Ingram in. Now, if they, if they sign him, oh, yeah, I'll be the person to celebrate because he's, he's a great player. He's a great edge rusher. He's only going to make that defense better. But, like, I'm also under the proponent where if Caleb on Chason isn't the guy and you're not confident in your depth, then go after a guy like Justin Houston or something like that who's obviously on the back nine of his career but can still provide some production as well. I kind of feel like there are Melvin Ingrams out there to get, even sometimes in September when the roster moves are made. Uh, not necessarily a lot of them, but I think there's the opportunity for that. I don't know if the opportunity when you're probably going to go from 1-15 and 15 to like 6-11 and 11 or 7-10 and 10 at, at a high ceiling. I don't know if that opportunity is that exciting to me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so, it's, I mean, it's a, it, again, it doesn't hurt to do it. But I think it's really got to be the right situation. Again, I'd rather see Chase Hunt out on the field and see him develop than Ingram taking some of his snaps, I guess. Yeah, he, I that mean, makes sense. He, he's a hell of a player when he's on the field, three-time Pro Bowler. Last year didn't have a sack in seven games. 2019 had seven sacks, seven sacks 2018, ten-and-a-half for his highest in 2017. So he's had two seasons uh, of over ten sacks, and then everything else is in the seven-to-eight range. So, you know. Pretty average, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... That's pretty average. Yeah, it is. Keep in mind, he plays aside from Joey Bosa, too, so there's... Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I I just... Yeah, that that tandem had some really good moments. Some really good moments. I I think he's a good player. I I just don't know if I'm like, ah, dang it, I can't believe the Jags didn't go after him. I've been like that with other players. I, I don't know if I feel that way in this situation. Hey, Wander Franco, how good is this guy going to be? And this is the week to get a glimpse of him. 
Should I be buying his rookie card off one of Ty's friends? <laughs> That's really what I'm getting down to. Talk a little bit about that big night, big week here at the Jumbo Shrimp with some star power coming up on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. The Rock, out of nowhere, buys the XFL during a pandemic, mind you, goes half in with his ex-wife. So now you're going to business with your ex-wife. Brent Martineau. I don't know if that's on the business advice list. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brian Ripken, a, a lefty, swings in the first pitch, bounces one to first, right at Diaz, gloves it, four steps to his left of the pillow, shrimp win. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp have their sixth consecutive win. It's their best winning streak in three years. And they roll over the Norfolk Tides. A final score today, 8-1 to one behind two homers from Jorge Alfaro, a long ball from Monte Harrison, and five dominant innings. From Luis Madero. That is Scott Kornberg on the call, and Scott Kornberg is right here with me right now. Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp been playing excellent baseball after a 12-game road trip. Unbelievable ball. They're back home tonight against the Durham Bulls, a very good team. Wander Franco for the Bulls, of course, here. But we got Jesus Sanchez lighting it up for the Shrimp. Playing very good baseball back home on a homestand, and we're here for it at the baseball grounds, one two one financial ballpark, also Bragan Field. It's got a lot of different names. <laughs> you just have one. Hello, Scott. Hey, Brent. Thank you for having me on. No problem. Uh, do you like hearing your calls, or are you, oh, no. you, you do not like hearing? Your I calls? don't like it at all. Uh, I think I sound terrible, so I'm sorry to the <laughs> listeners. Thank <laughs> you. Sound great. I, I, we've been hearing you on ESPN 690. Uh, glad to have you guys a part of ESPN 690. The broadcast has been very good, and so uh, I like flipping it on and listening. So. So, um, by the way, you're a hero today. You just brought me a Diet Coke. It's, it's what else steaming do you need? out here. Well, it's really hot. You know, i got to get uh, your color here. you got a great color. <laughs> i yeah, I got to spend a whole radio show out here, I guess. Yeah, it only takes about one. <laughs> I've been, like, sunburned, like, seven different times this year, usually just once. But, uh, hey, this is exciting, right? I mean, first of all, baseball's back. You guys have announced, I think, uh, to season ticket holders that full crowds will be back uh, June 8th, uh, if I have that date mm-hmm. right. So there's a lot of good things happening. But, seriously, it's fun when... I say this about minor league baseball a lot. It doesn't always matter to the fan if you go home with a W or an L. It's here about the entertainment. It's about watching prospects. It's about having a good time at the ballpark for a very affordable price. But it's cool when you do go home with a W and you're playing good ball and you're lighting up the scoreboard and Jesus Sanchez is hitting almost 500. Right, right. No <laughs> one's going to complain that the Jumbo Shrimp are winning, right? Like, obviously, we make our business model based on the promotions and everything else besides the baseball because – we can't control who's playing right field like Jesus Sanchez often is, so that's a nice uh, benefit. But we're lucky. I mean, the Marlins have a great farm system. They're top five by any publication that you want to look at. And uh, we're at a point right now, Brandon, as you see here, Starling Marte was taking batting practice a few minutes ago, so we're getting some major league guys too, which is really exciting. It's a, a great team on the field this year. Nine and three road trip. I mean, it's tough to win on the road in any sport, Absolutely. let alone going nine and. Gets a good team too. Durham and, and Norfolk. Durham's really good, and so we're excited to see them today. Um, and, and Starling will be here for a couple days, probably. Eliezer Hernandez is rehabbing too, but that's four big league rehabs in four weeks, so we're really excited. We've got that's a great cool. product. That's a cool part about being a minor league team right down the road from Miami. You get some of those rehab stints. Uh, I, I want to r- rip through some of these big name guys. First of all, Marte. What's he been up to? Uh, you said he'll be here for a few days. It's a chance for the fans to get a glimpse of him for a couple of nights. Absolutely. 2016 NL All-Star, two-time Gold Glove Award winner, 
he cracked a rib, fractured a rib, so he's working his way back from there. They asked him, uh, how much time do you think you'll need? He said two days. So in theory, if all goes well, it'll be short, but he'll still be here. Uh, Eleazar Hernandez is a little bit of a different story. He'll be here for about two or three, maybe a week or two more, maybe three. Uh, he's on the 60-day IL uh, right now, coming back from a biceps injury, so he can't go back to Miami anyway until early June. So he'll make a start on Friday most likely, and then probably one more when the Jumbo Shrimp are on the road against uh, Gwinnett next week. And then Jorge Alfaro uh, hit a couple home runs in a rehab start, as, as you heard from that highlight, uh, unfortunately for your listeners. But he was here for about a week and a half. Jazz Chisholm was here for a few days as well. So those are our four big league guys. Well, you got Jesus Sanchez. We talked about we mentioned him, but he seriously is ripping it up. I mean, this guy that you mentioned to me in the break, he played in the, in the bigs a little bit last year, struggled, but here he is. Lighten it up. I mean, is he going to be here all year? He cannot if he hits like this. I, I wouldn't think so, right? He's batting 469, and that's over uh, 16 games. He's got more multi-hit games than he has games with one hit or games with zero hits. I mean, that is incredible. He's first or second in the league in every single offensive category, and he's also throwing out a couple runners on the bases this year. He's doing everything. So, in theory, you, you don't want guys to be here forever. I don't know what else he could possibly do, but he's just making a great audition to go back up to the majors. Scott Kornberg with us, uh, does a little bit of everything with the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, and call, including calling the games right here on ESPN 690. On the other side of things, this is what's fun about minor league baseball as well. I mean, you can re- kind of come check out the guy on the other team, and I think a lot of people will do that this week. Uh, many tickets already sold out for, for some of these games. Wander Franco, I mean, Fernando Tatis comes to mind in terms of the talent that's the kind of talent this guy might be. I don't know if he's got that same electricity, but what have you seen? What have you heard out of Wander Franco? What could we expect this week? And I don't expect to see him probably here in Jacksonville again. I don't think he's going to be down very very long. Uh, yeah, I, I think this could be it because the Super 2 deadline is coming up in the major leagues, and in theory the Rays might be holding him until then. But uh, he's got some electricity. He had a grand slam against Jacksonville in Durham a couple weeks ago, and uh, Jazz Chisholm at Homer the day before. And his thing is a Euro step to home plate. And uh, Franco kind of pumped his fist around the bases, and he did a Euro step in the home plate. <laughs> nice. So I like that. I thought that we was really cool. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's fantastic. But they've got this other guy, Vidal Brujan, um, who is another really highly rated prospect. He's another guy that I think could make an impact for the Rays pretty soon because there's a lot of Rays fans in this area. And uh, he's got tied for the most homers in the league with Sanchez, his uh, also brought a, a speed element to his game, seven steals and, and eight attempts. So I think uh, Bruhan's 23. He's a little bit further along than Franco. But what Franco's doing is pretty amazing. He's only 20 years old, amazing. and he's in AAA. So I, he's going to be really, really good at the next level. All right, here's the deal, okay? Uh, Ty, uh, my son, his buddy, Henner Harvey, has like four or five Wander Franco, like perfectly minted rookie cards. Wow. All right? I've been telling him for the last few weeks I'm going to buy one off him, but he's charging me like 140 bucks. Oh boy, is it worth the investment? Oh gosh, you know what? I, I think you should do it. I think you're helping a kid out. You're maybe save for college, yeah, or yeah, you know, true. ice cream money, or yeah. uh, and I think. You know what? Like the way uh, this stuff could could get valued, that, that can be a wise investment. I kind of feel like it is. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it, cards have kind of come back; they're in vogue yeah. again, too. You know, especially if you're a stud player. I'd only imagine what like Fernando Tatis's rookie card looks like right now. You know? Yeah. I, well, I have to say that your son's friend has a pretty good uh, way with money. He yes. <laughs> He's yeah. not giving you a little bit of a hometown discount no, at all. Or I anything? think he should just give it to me for my birthday. Yeah. Uh, that that would be better. 
But um, so, well, hey, the Jumbo Shrimp are home tonight. Uh, coverage starts at 6.50 right yes, here sir. on ESPN 690. Uh, let, let me ask you one more question. Baseball's in so the peculiar. We could talk all day about baseball. We've been talking about it. I think there are a lot of interesting things. But the cool nature of baseball, the bat flips, the everything else, are we seeing it at this level too? Absolutely. Uh, and is that now starting to just be an okay thing? I know once in a while we get the brush back pitch, the 3-0 count, the White Sox whole deal. But we don't see a lot of that anymore. Uh, what are you seeing at the minor league level? I, I think it is becoming more prevalent here, and I think it's because there's a lot of young guys. And so for for the guys who are maybe like Starling Marte's age, 32, he's got some flair to his game. But that age group, it's less okay to flip your bat, to, to do something crazy. For these young guys, that it's okay, right? Like that's yeah. kind of what they're growing up with, looking up to Fernando Tatis, for example. So I think for those guys, you will see some guys, when they know it, they will flip the bat a little bit, the, the Euro step yeah, you stuff. I mean, personally, I think it's great. I think it's awesome. And I think that, like, Jackson wasn't offended by what Wander Franco did by kind of mimicking Jazz Chisholm. I think they think that's pretty cool. Yeah. So I do think it's becoming more prevalent. Here it's it's a little different because you've got guys coming down. So, like, Chad Wallach just got options here, and he's a, a catcher who's uh, in his late 20s, early 30s. And so you will have some of those older players, but there are still so many younger players coming up and, and yeah, absolutely. Like you're going to see that flair, and I think it's great for baseball. Yeah, the game's a change, and put your arms around it, embrace it, and enjoy it. We should see some really good baseball this week. Scott Kornberg, thanks for stopping by, man. Thanks for Diet Coke. What else do you need? Let me know. know. I'm good. Thanks I'm for good. having me. You have a good call tonight. It'll be at 6:50 on ESPN. Pre-game starts. It's the shrimp. It's the bowls. Surf and turf week, right? That's right. <laughs> this uh, we're up four-two on Durham, so that that's the. Our first surf and turf rivalry here in, in Jackson. I love it. Uh, hey, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. More to come from the baseball grounds here in Jackson. Wait, Brent, Brent. Oh. We have a you know, uh, special guest that wants to say something to you. Brent, you know what, man? To me. Obviously, for your birthday, we, we spared no expense here. I tried to get Larry Bird to call in. Unfortunately, Larry declined me. But I I got the next best thing and probably a more of an athlete than Larry Bird will ever Please don't be. tell me it's like Marcel or Stewart. No, no, no. Come on, man. No, no. Come on. I'm putting all the stops here. But he's, he's probably a better athlete than Larry Bird. Probably not as famous, but in the same ballpark of, of athleticism. So take it away. Special guest caller. Austin, that is the best intro I've ever had. I am honored. But this is not about me. This is about Brent Martineau turning the big 4-4. Brent, happy birthday, buddy. Thank you very much. You did just remind me, great 44s. Hank Aaron would be one of them, didn't you? The best of all of the ones you listed, my friend, would be Hank Aaron. May uh, he rest in peace. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Although, there. Jackson's a pretty good one. Who else did you have on that list? Well, I had Miles Jack. <laughs> Came top of my local. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Go good locally, obviously. Yeah, that's good. He's coming off a big year, so that's good. Big year. Uh, by the well, way, uh, Anthony, Rizzo, guys, Anthony Rizzo. Anthony yeah, Rizzo. Hey, I'll tell you what. It's Kaylee Brook. Kaylee Martin's wearing number 44 in the summer league. Kaylee. So there you go. Oh, well, that's the, best, that's the best one yet so far. That is the best one. All right, so real quickly, what are your birthday plans there, pal? Besides besides working, are you working the uh, TV end today? Yes, I'll see you at, in TV land as well. We're going to go live from here, okay. though, because the Icemen have a big game. The Shrimp have a big one tonight. So we'll be live here at 6.50 on TV, and then I'll see you back in studio later. Okay, good. Well, I'll, I'll look forward to razzing you uh, off air. But happy birthday, and uh, the best in the biz, folks. And so uh, I just couldn't let it go without giving you a little grief. And awesome, Thank you. thanks for the intro, buddy. You're welcome, man. No problem. <laughs> Appreciate the shout-out. 
All right, see you later. All right, uh, check out John on CBS 47, coming up at 5 o'clock, by the way, on Action News Jacks. You're a, number, you're a baseball guy. I, I was am. thinking great 44s, so we hit. Reggie wore 44, right? Yeah, Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson. Uh, Rizzo, I didn't even think about That was a good one. Rizzo's a good mm-hmm. one. Uh, Rizzo, by the way, another guy who's had some great moments already this year yeah. in terms of having fun with mm-hmm. baseball, right? The whole uh, Freeman he's stuff. Fanta- he's my lifesaver player, so I'm a huge Anthony Rizzo fan because of that. But not too much, right? Like, she, she would leave me for in a heartbeat. For Any her. other 44s? I was thinking Bo Jackson, but isn't he 34? He would have been 34 in football and 16 in baseball, wasn't he? Yeah, you're right. I'm pretty sure. Austin, uh, you got any 44 teammates at Murray State? Oh, man. Uh, any 44s yeah, in out, the NBA Driving Dish podcast, Guy Coos? Shout out to, to Tamar Butler, who was 44 from the, my college days. Um, but if you want to talk about baseball players, Willie McCovey, McCovey's Cove, he was 44. Oh, he was 44. Uh, George Gervin, the Iceman, was yes. 44. Very good. Uh, Jerry West was 44. West was 44? Jerry West was 44, and Pistol Pete Maravich was 44. Get out of here. Wow. There you go, man. Really? I would not have guessed those two guys at the end there uh, in the NBA. Of course, in the NBA, I only care about 33, as you know. <laughs> uh, wasn't, I'm pretty sure, wasn't Danny Ainge 44 with the, with the Celtics? I think he might have been. I think he might have been. I should be better at these numbers. Getting old. Be better at that too. We're getting old. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Scott Kornberg, have a good broadcast tonight, man. Appreciate Thank you jumping for down. Me on. Uh, mm-hmm. Shrimp and the Bulls coming up uh, tonight. Coos, we probably, uh, probably should just hang till the top. Or should we take a break? Oh, we can you do whatever me. you want. I found this, by the way. I just I thought we might as well, you know, throw this in here at some point. Oh, nice. Is this from, like, Baby Shark? Or? <laughs> is this straight off TikTok? What is I don't know. It just was in our, it was like, it, it was a suggested audio today. Oh, that's like in, like, the, the, the whole diet. Like, that's in the big box <laughs> yeah. of stuff that we have. Yeah. Huh. So, there you go. Uh, that was Austin. Yeah. <laughs> since you have like, since I have Wander Franco and talking about him, um, and maybe Jesus Sanchez, you ever go see a minor league baseball player? Like, you ever go to a game to see Ooh. somebody on a rehab stint? Because like, I grew up around that. You know, I mean, we're Pawtucket yeah. Red Sox, so we saw Roger Clemens come down, There's... and Wade Boggs, and Oil Can Boyd, and all these guys would come down. Or for the other teams, you know, whether it was Cal Ripken doing a stint with the uh, Rochester Red Wings yeah. or whoever it might be. I mean, we saw some great players. Like. That was what it was all about, you know. That to me, that's what minor league baseball was. It was about the guy who was making the rehab yeah. stint. So, <laughs> but uh, I'll tell how about you, you what? When I was a kid, and I didn't get to go see him, but there was like, it was like all the buzz around town. Alex Rodriguez played in Appleton, Wisconsin, for the Timber Rattlers. I think at the time, actually, they were called the Foxes. Uh, okay. In Appleton, and Appleton was obviously the minor league team of the Seattle Mariners. So, like, you know, you had, I think, Jay Buhner came by, Joey Cora came oh, by. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but, but Alex Rodriguez was, was the big name that came through. I think I got on a rehab or something like that where some of my friends went to go watch him play. Well, that's interesting because Rodriguez obviously played here, too. Yeah. Back in the day for the Suns. Um, so, hey, I think that's what makes minor league ba- – there's two – well, there's three things that make minor league baseball – Again, I, I, a little background on me. I interned for the Pawtucket Red Sox during my college years, and you could see so uh, the minor league baseball thing was very cool. Got like Scott does 15 different jobs. Like he was going to join us at four, but then they made like eight roster moves <laughs> before the game, and so he had to like put everything out there. So he's like, "Hey, you mind if I come down at 4:30?" But that's what happens here at the minor league level. Mm-hmm. And it's a very cool operation to see. It's passionate people about what they do. And it's usually a great group of people, people that like to work and, and get after it. It could be a grind now. Don't get me wrong. Everybody will have a day like that. But uh, but it's a, 
it's about the fans just having like going to see a ball game and kids going to see a ball game and maybe getting an autograph and you get a little bit closer than you can at the major league level, especially nowadays. But then on top of that, to me, it's about seeing a Wander Franco or a Jesus Sanchez lighten it up and maybe you see him in the big leagues tomorrow or a month from now or a year from now. And then the other part is you do get these rehab stints like a Starling Marte and and um, maybe sometimes a really really big name like a Hall of Fame caliber guy comes down to do a rehab stint and you get to go watch him play and the place is packed and you're trying to get his autograph and a picture and those are the games you remember I mean I think that's what makes minor league baseball cool and in many respects it's uh it it's, it really helps kind of the city the town the kind of the feel and the vibe of it uh, I know it did back home when I was growing up and I think the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp and Previously, the Suns kind of do a little bit of that here in town uh, for everybody in Jacksonville. Absolutely, man. Um, you know, because it's like it's the, it's kind of like a, you know it's like that once in a lifetime opportunity because you know you understand like when we talk about those big time ball players, those those all stars that are getting that call up, it's not going to last forever. So anytime you get a shot to see those guys in the ballpark at a smaller venue where it's a little more personal, you got to take absolute advantage well, of it just to say that you were there. Well, and to that, Austin, you can see I'm holding up a hat right now. I, it's a, a bunch of signed hats from when I went to a Somerset Patriots game, right? Okay, okay. And in the middle, I had them signed in the middle. I remember Sparky Lyle nice, signed it man. right in the middle there. Nice. So. That is here. very cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I forgot uh, I got him to sign it, but I remembered the hat, so I just pulled it up, and I was like, oh, that's the name that I had. That was the big get that day. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, I will say this. I've probably said it countless times on the show. My favorite interview still to this day is uh, Pawtucket Red Sox owner Ben Mondor told me stories and stories and stories when I sat down with him when I was just a pup in the business um, about everybody that had passed through there from Johnny Pesky to Ted Williams. I mean, uh, it was so cool, and uh, I think that's what you kind of help create the memories. You see it on the walls here uh, a little bit for people that have been coming, for what the Bragan family did actually for all those years and decades here in Jacksonville with baseball and bringing it to the folks in uh, northeast Florida. And now Ken Babby and company continue to do it here with the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Hey, we got a little football at 5 coming up. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 rolls on from the baseball grounds. Talk some Jags on the way. We've hardly done that. Uh, here on a Tuesday, but we will. Football at 5 next. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 